Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Winnipeg's comeback story. You may have seen this video. It's been around for a few weeks. We're gonna. I want to play the audio for you now uh, from the video. Take a listen to this, and then after the audio, Dana Spiring will join us, President and CEO of Economic Development Winnipeg. Here's the audio from that video now. Winnipeg. Who are we? What makes us tick? It's our shared history that has molded us into who we are today. We've been brave and stood tall when it was required of us. We are a community, resilient in the face of adversity. We've been told what we can't do. Time and time again, we show them that we can. Winnipeggers make things go and have a clear vision of where to take them. We contribute, we innovate. We're self-starters and we're self-made. We may be known for being easygoing, but we never stop. Though we only occupy a small corner of it, we're big on making the world better. We keep our community connected to the world. We're a vibrant city, excited about our next chapter. Now is the time for each and every one of us to come together to rebuild our city. Winnipeggers have risen to the unprecedented challenge we face, and we've done it with pride and resilience. Because we are a community. We are Winnipeg, Manitoba. We are back to work and back to business. Be a part of our story. Dana Spiring, Economic Development Winnipeg on the phone. Good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon. That kind of gives you goosebumps, doesn't it? You know what? That's my first question, Dana, and I've been <laughs> wanting to have you on to talk about this uh, since I first saw the video online, and for whatever reason, both sides, today's the day. But I'm glad today's the day because, you know what, you watch the video and those, those goosebumps will be twice as big. Yeah, I agree with you. The, the, the pictures are really important, but I wanted to play the whole piece of audio because it really does get you fired up about being a Winnipegger, doesn't it? Yeah, it absolutely does. And, and you know, we have been, we've been through a lot as a city, as a, as a country, and, uh, and Winnipeggers have, have come to the table. And we've done a great job of, as a community, doing what's been asked of us. I mean, we, we have, we're not out of this yet. We know that. But, um, but Winnipeggers have done a great job following instructions and, and listening to all the advice that Dr. Rusin has given us. And, and we're now at a, a point where we can start to bring our economy back, in many cases, much faster than the rest of the country, because of what we are all about and because we take care of each other. And, and that's something that I think was really important that we celebrate and, and really important that we put in this video for everyone to see. Well, and often videos like this are for other people. This video is for us, right? It's saying to us, Winnipeggers and Manitobans, be an ambassador, essentially, right? 
be an ambassador for the city and, and be proud of all of the things that, that we've accomplished. And, you know, I, I can count so many companies, and, and you'll see that in the video, of right. people that have stepped up and done great things in the face of this pandemic. And, you know, we really want to celebrate that. We want Winnipeggers to understand how certain companies have come through this and, and what they've been able to accomplish. But we also have, we want to tell the rest of the country, you know, when you're looking at where to invest and you're looking at where you want to have offices and, and where you want to have manufacturing facilities, I'm not sure you want to do that in parts of Alberta or Toronto right now. I, I think Winnipeg is the place where you want to be. And, and I think that we've done a great job through this pandemic of, of really showing what we're about as a community. Well, and listen, when I, uh, when today was the day that we were going to chat, I have to talk a little bit of hockey with you because you were a big part of those (laughs) you were a big part of those parties that we had here and listen this is you know a COVID-19 NHL season like no other don't don't get me wrong yeah who would have thought August long weekend yeah but wouldn't it be great to have those uh whiteout parties again you know I guess we're doing it virtually this time like everything else you know what, we're going to have whiteout parties again. And, and, you know, we know that at some point we're going to be able to get back in the streets and, and show North America that, uh, that this is how we celebrate our team and this is how we celebrate our city. We, we know that now is not the right time to do that. And, and there was no thought this year to, to trying to do that. We're encouraging everybody to put on white, cheer at home, you know, post selfies themselves, post with, with a small group of friends or at, or at restaurants and bars and, and just follow the guidelines that, that we've been given as a community. And, and we know that Winnipeggers are going to do that. That's what we do. That's why we've, we've fared as well as we have through this pandemic so far. But, but there will be another whiteout party, and uh, we're just going to have to wait. Hopefully we get to celebrate a Stanley Cup and a whiteout party next year. But, but let's see how that goes. And wouldn't it be nice to add the Stanley Cup to the Grey Cup? I got to talk to you about. We're waiting for some sort of final decision from the CFL. We know if there is a CFL season, it will happen here in Winnipeg. Winnipeg yeah. would be the hub city, and that goes to what you've already said, right? This is a great place to do business compared to other areas right now because of our low COVID nineteen numbers. And I guess fingers are crossed, right? Because it would be great to have the CFL here uh, playing a season. You know what? We would love nothing more than to have the CFL here. And, and I'm in a, a little bit of a, a conflicted position because I'm on the board of the CFL and also obviously chair of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Right. But we are, um, we're trying really hard to, to get the stars to align to get a, a CFL hub here and, and to get the season played here. There's still a lot of balls in the air, but, uh, but you're right. The first step for us was to say, if the CFL season is able to go ahead, Winnipeg is where you want that. One, because we're incredible football fans, and we, uh, we understand what the CFL is all about and, and are, are great at, at supporting our team, and, and we are great cup champions, so we, we kind of have earned it. But also because Manitoba has done such a great job planking the curve, this is one of the safest places for our players to be in, and there was recognition of, of that across the league. So if we're able to uh, get the, the stars to align, you know, this is where it's going to be. But, but we're going to have to wait a few more days for that decision to be made. And, and there's still a few more hoops that, that uh, people need to jump through to make that happen. Dana, keep doing those videos because, uh, you know, sometimes we can get a little down on ourselves uh, here in yeah. Winnipeg and, and Manitoba because others take shots at us, and sometimes we start buying into that stuff, that crap. And I'll tell you what, videos like this, they do. They they give you goosebumps. They get you fired up about being a Winnipeg or a Manitoban. We have been through so much. We'll be through more adversity as well, and we can't forget about the many businesses that won't survive this, right? That's important, that's, too. That's exactly right, and that's part of the reason 
reason this video came out when it did is that, you know, we have got the green light from the provincial government and from our health authorities to say it's okay to start going back into the economy. It's okay to start going to attractions again. We've got to be careful. We've got to be socially distant. We've got to do all the things we were told. But we've also got to make sure that our businesses live to fight another day. And we need to start going to restaurants. We need to start going to our attractions. We need to celebrate all the things that this city should be so proud of. And, you know, we've done a big campaign at at Economic Development Winnipeg as well, talking about how Winnipeg can save your summer. And part of that is great because it gives people things to do. You know, we've got a website that's full of ideas. But the other economic development part of that equation is that our businesses need us now more than ever to go in and, you know, visit their establishments and, and really spend their money in this city so that we can make sure that when when the world is a little bit more back to normal, you know, our businesses are strong and our community is strong together. Dana, thanks for this. Really appreciate it. Happy to do it, Hal. Take care. Uh, joining us now, the owner of Neutralon Winnipeg, Dana Capusta. Dana, good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, Hal. Thanks for coming on today. I appreciate it. It's, uh, as I said, the forecast earlier, it's going to be sunny and upper 20s for the next uh, few days and it has been dry we've certainly had some uh, you know uh, hot spells and it's been dry jeff courier in our morning news meeting this morning said i had to water my lawn for the first time and i want to start with this dana it, it seems to me that back in the day when i was growing up my dad and mom watered the lawn all the time and we don't do that as much should we be watering our lawns more well that's a great actually to keep your lawn healthy and happy in normal weather say 20 23 degrees it needs minimum one inch of water a week we start pushing temperatures of 25 30 you can double that up to three inches a week i water up to four inches a week in my property so if we're not getting that amount of rain we should be watering then better turn the taps on because you're going to start getting ground crack and weed pressure that you don't want and another tip is watch your foundation when it starts getting dry that ground starts pulling away from your house then you're gonna have big problems yeah because it will pull parts of the foundation with it won't it absolutely and then you're opening it up for water leaks as well hmm so i, I would say then that we aren't most people aren't watering their water uh, their lawn enough then because i don't think it happens like it used to no, uh, but you know what? I think uh, even my, going back when we were young, um, I think I think our summers were hotter than what we what we traditionally get now. But with that being said, people don't want to water that much because it's not just the water bill you're getting hammered with. The city is the sewer bill. So if you have a three hundred dollar water bill, you're going to have a three hundred dollar sewer bill. Even though that water's not going down the sewer, the city's still nailing you. Right. Yeah. What else do we need to do uh, to keep our lawns happy and, and looking healthy? I think many of us cut it too short, right, Dana? Well, yeah, oh, 100%. Um, second from the top is where my mower always is. Three inches is the minimum I'll cut that lawn, especially in the, in the summertime when you start getting these heat waves. Keeping a longer, a longer lawn keeps it more durable and more, a little bit more resistant to, uh, to, uh, to these hot conditions. And a regular fertility program uh, as well helps, uh, helps you keep ahead of the ball game as well. Um, but with this heat, a lot of people are noticing uh, a lot of these spots showing up, but it's not from the heat a lot of the times. Probably 8 out of 10 right now yards we're going to is in regards to chinch bug damage or sod webworm or grub damage. Insects are running rapid right now on uh, Winnipeg lawns. 
All right. Tell me. I, I recognize none of those names. Tell me about them, and what are they doing? <laughs> uh, well, the, the chinch bugs, uh, the chi- what basically they're moving in, chinch bugs and sod webworm, they move into an unhealthy lawn that hasn't been maintained or looked after, uh, watered, fertilized, you know, unhealthy and stressed. And what they get in, once they get in there, um, it'll start as a little patch on your lawn. Uh, within a week or two, three weeks, your lawn could be gone um, if it's not addressed properly and quickly. Wow. One, and, one, and... Thing, one thing that does keep them at bay is moisture. Hmm. And you're saying it's it's really a big problem in, in Winnipeg, in lawns in Winnipeg. Our phone is blowing up and our truck can't keep up right now to the insecticides that we have to do at the moment. And obviously they can call Neutralon, and you guys do a great job of the fertilizer and, and dealing with the bugs that you're talking about. What about the, the do-it-yourself or the, the DIYer out there? Are there products that are available that, that people can use? Well, it, it's hard to say myself. I haven't looked on the shelves of Home Depot, Canadian Tire lately, to see what's out there for, for chinch bug or sod webworm. They used to be available, but with this pesticide ban now it brought into the city, um, you are required for most pesticides now to have your applicator's license as well. Right, right. And so if these get really bad in a lawn, what does the lawn look like once they're in and, and when they're finished? Just imagine a lawn that's just brown and looks like it just got toasted with Roundup. Just brown, dry, and dead. Hmm. Well, yeah, gee, I'm really, I'm really, I, I wanted to have you, I wanted to have you on today to talk about, you know, taking care of our lawn because it's been kind of dry and and that's uh, <laughs> the bugs are maybe even a, a bigger story because I had not heard about that, but obviously there will be some heads nodding out there listening to this if it's as big a problem uh, as you say it is. What else? Anything oh, else we should? Anything else we should uh, know about taking care of our our grass? Right now, the biggest thing is don't cut it too short and make sure you give it enough water to drink, uh, if anything else. If you can't fertilize, you can't spray the weeds, just try to keep it that three-inch height, give it the water it's required, give it a fighting chance until you can get some nutrients put back into it as well. All right, Dana, thanks a lot for this. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. You guys take care. Al Anderson, and uh, joining us now, Dwayne Tazarski, a Stuart Byrne resident. Dwayne, I look back, it was two months ago that you were on our show, on this show, uh, talking about the floodwaters down there. Two months later, any idea how much damage was done to your house? Uh, lots of damage. Uh, right now, uh, my house is basically ripped apart on the inside, and uh the outside, if you drove down my driveway and uh, walked around my yard, I had a yard cleanup uh, day there a couple weeks ago, and a bunch of church, church organizations came out, family and friends. Uh, they were all out, and the yard looks good and everything. But yet you go uh, peek inside the house, that's another world. Do you have a it's dollar bad. figure on the damage? <sighs> I've had some guys come in there, No, uh, no real honest quote but you know a bunch of contractors and stuff like that anywhere from minimum 80 to well over a hundred thousand dollars damage it all depends on what's going to actually be done but uh, right now inside the house um, it's basically stripped right down to the uh, floor joists um, all the drywalls ripped up uh, four feet up the wall and uh, 
uh, electrician's been in and he's done a little uh, inspection on there. I still haven't heard back from him. And then we've had the local building inspector from the uh, arm of Stuart Burndown and he gave a general consensus of what's going on there and it's not looking very good. So, And now it's just a waiting game, just like I've been waiting for two months and st- nothing's been done yet. So we're still waiting on the government because basically, uh, I guess right now my house is just going to sit there. Okay, so and, now uh, this is the, the part of the conversation that I want the update on. So what about your insurance? Will your insurance okay. cover any of this? It was overland flooding, and we've had conversations yeah. on CJOB yeah. about whether people are covered or not. Were you covered? Yeah. Yes, I did have the new overland flood uh, insurance, which was only available in Manitoba if you go back about two years ago. Until two years ago, that didn't even exist in the province of Manitoba. So I did have that new uh, overland flood insurance. They call it flood protection. Uh, so uh, mine, I actually got a max payout policy of 25000 So if any of you have ever had uh, sewer damage or anything, sewer backup and that, and you got a $15,000 policy, and just say you and uh, your wife spent 25000 in the basement, your adjuster is going to come down, and uh, he'll look down there and say, yep, we got enough to submit to the insurance you're going to get a check for $15,000 if that's what your policy was. And basically all this flood insurance is is uh, just that. I am getting a max policy payout of 25000 There was a choice of 10, 25, and 40. Um, the 40 was there, but really in this situation, that really never would have made a difference because it's not even close. And no, they are not building me a house. That's the word going around that uh, we don't have to worry after uh, Mr. Tasarski there because he had flood insurance. So basically, I got thrown to the sharks uh, from the government side. And he, so, so, so even if you had have went for the higher forty thousand dollars, it still would have been forty, which is maybe half of of what it's going to take to fix things up. So, so a yeah. word of warning to other people listening to this: read the small print. You did have the insurance, okay. which a lot of people weren't even aware of until we started talking yeah. about it here on CGOB. Mm-hmm. You had the overland flooding insurance, but the coverage yeah. doesn't even come close to the damage. Yeah, yeah, and this was the problem. I should have been put in a hotel when all this stuff happened. And then the word got out that I had insurance, and I guess uh, all this stuff happens, and everything got kiboshed, and I got basically uh, said, nope, we're not covering your hotel or nothing, and that's why you got insurance. Okay, and and so, right, so that's your, you've got to deal with your insurance company on on stuff like that. But now let's get to what you think, and you're not the only person, uh, and I hear this is a terrible way to describe it, but you're not Mm -hmm. the only person in this boat. Um, You and others have damage, and you and others feel the province needs to come to the table here, and and yet nothing has come to the the table on that front for you. Nothing, nothing at all. Everybody's talking and everybody says, oh, they're doing this. Even though I filled out this disaster financial thing, my house is uninhabitable. I thought right there that would change everything. I thought there would be protocol. No, that never changed nothing. I'm, you know, I'm, I was staying with my dad and now I'm staying uh, with my aunt and I go back and forth to the farm and stuff like that. And, uh, no, I've never been told, uh, you know, Dwayne, your house is so bad. Uh, you know, right now we're putting uh, you up in long-term accommodations or paying uh, right. so much. What has, Dwayne, Dwayne, what has the province said? Have you reached anybody at the province that you were able to talk to and say, here's my situation? What have they told you? Yes, there was a gentleman from the EMO. He was very good 
uh, to me, I don't want to say his name on the air, but he knows yep. who he is. Uh, he started a file with me, opened up my claim, and basically he said when this disaster financial thing gets approved by the province, and if and when it does, I'll sort of be the first one in my whole southeast area here that will be opened because mm-hmm. I was the worst one affected. And, but in uh, the meantime, in- but in the meantime, th- that has not happened, and so there is no, no help for you. No, that's right. And I have never, uh, but I will say to the insurance, I had no problem with the insurance. The adjuster came down. Yes, I know I'm not hiding that from nobody. I got my 25000 from the insurance, and that's all I'm getting. And uh, they were good. Never had to fight with them or nothing. Boy, I had the check, and boom, that was it. Yeah. Now, yeah. now it's and, and hey, listen, and, and, and people talk. I want to stay away from the, the rumor stuff. Yeah. You know, that, 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 yeah. that happens. Uh, but mm-hmm. just I just want to try and, and, and deal with the, the facts here. Have you been mm-hmm. told at any point that there may be some kind of an announcement from the province? And how many other people are, are affected like this? You say you're the worst in that area, in that Stuart Burn area. Yeah. How many other people yeah. have significant damage to their home? I'm sure you all have talked. Um, well, as far as I got from the CAO from uh, the arm of uh, uh, Stuart Byrne, Lucy Menard there, um, she said I was the one who had the worst damage by far from anyone in our whole municipality. No one was even close to me. There was mm. maybe a few people that got some maybe soaked up in the insulation a little bit and maybe in the crawl space. I know my one neighbor, same thing there. He lived in a mobile home and basically it just touched the bottom of the rafters from his pony walls in his mobile home. And basically from there at those joists at the bottom, it soaked up the insulation. So we had to rip all that out, but it actually never made it to his floor. But mm-hmm. mine, yeah, basically ever since the day I left on June 8th with my laundry basket, hell, this is what I got to say. When I left with my laundry basket that night, and this is what I want to put out there, I never thought in a million years that this would be like this. It just turned into a big gong show and you're waiting and nobody's giving you answers. And it's just a waiting game. I'm sitting in limbo, don't know which way to go, what's going to be happening with my house. Like, I really wish somebody from the government would come down and say, Dwayne, you're not doing anything more to this house. This house is so far gone or maybe whatever. And uh, basically right now, put a kibosh to everything until this government thing kicks in. Then then you're going to have whatever to go and salvage or whatever you want to do out of your house once they make that call then they're going to be coming with the bulldozer because I think that's what's going to be happening at my property. But yet Dwayne, I'm just uh, sitting here waiting. Yep, wondering, yep. yeah. Dwayne, listen, I wish you the best, and uh, maybe mm-hmm. we'll get some answers after your yeah. appearance here today. Yeah, okay, thank you very much. Okay, yeah. All right. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.